Hello everyone and welcome to NGF News. Um, today we are back with our latest global developments. We do apologize for the gap, but if you guys are watching our social medias, we were moving down to DC and we are now fully moved in. So this is our new office setup. Completely different if you guys seen the video recordings from my old room, but here we are. We're in DC and we're in the center of it all. Yeah, it's it's definitely great to be down here to finally, you know, be part of one of the largest global political centers in the world. So this this is a new beginning for for our team and a new beginning for our channel. We hope everyone enjoys where we're going from here. We got a lot, a lot of big updates. I don't know, Alec, if you want to give them out. And tell the yeah, updates. I'll start. I'll start with the first one is that we do have our website fully complete right now. Um, So it's up. You can check us out at www.ngfnews.com. We'll be uploading blog posts like any other news source would, and we're going to put a twist on all our blog posts. We're going to make them interactive. We're going to make fun, analytical, and real news, essentially. <laughs> None of that yeah. where you read it, and it's like, oh, what are what are, what is everyone saying? Um, yeah. And if you are watching my camera, just a quick – I know I'm looking up, but that's just because my camera – my cord isn't long enough to get to the top of my monitor. Yeah. <laughs> it is but what it is that's update number one yeah definitely and uh we're also we have a new rebranded logo with our website we're very excited to to hopefully uh put this out very very soon and on all of our social media so you can see the updated ngf logo and the new beginnings for our, our team oh absolutely um is there any other updates I don't think so. I think uh, oh, besides that, we all have some great internships that we will be showing on our oh yeah uh, Instagram in the next coming week. So yeah, we're really we're really trying to immerse ourselves in the DC culture and also work as well because we want to be experts. It's only fair to be talking about news and things happening around the world if you're an expert on it as well. So that's Absolutely. our goal um, is to fully educate ourselves more so we can educate you all as well. So. Um, I just want to take a big shout out to Be Mindful Web or James. If you're watching this podcast, thank you very much for helping us build our website. And if anyone needs some needs a website built, please check out Be Mindful Web. It's B, just the letter B, and then Mindful Web all together. So definitely check him out. He definitely made our website phenomenal. And I love it's it. It's incredible. So. It's incredible. Yep. So let's get straight into it, Josh. Do you have any other, yeah. anything else? All right, perfect. We'll start with the India moon landing, which is pretty historic. So this one is a widely acknowledged. I'm sure media has blasted it uh, when it happened. Um, so India's uh, mission program, the India Space Research Organization, or the ISRO, um, has launched a Chandrayaan 3 lunar landing. That's not bad. Um, yeah. And they went straight for the South Pole because of the South Pole of the moon, um, they have uh, there's possibilities to find oxygen, fuel, water, uh, oxygen, fuel, and water for future missions. Um, the goal for the ISRO is to find, to hopefully find these, and and make the South Pole a perfect place to essentially set up a colony or do more research into finding more uh, minerals or anything important for here on Earth, especially water. Because if we can find water, for example, on the South Pole of the Moon, we can possibly bring it back and fix. Um, water issues that we are facing um, here in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one significance about India's moon landing, it's almost 
as significant as when the United States first went to the moon in 1969 or, or 1968. Uh, one of those years. I always forget. But, one of them. Yeah, it was one of the two. But they, it, it, it's so important. For, for India, it's very important. It shows that they're growing. The, the, they're landing on the South Pole, which is the first ever spacecraft, I believe, to hit the South Pole of the moon, is is tremendous. And, and, and the fact that they are there is showing that they're growing as an economy and as a world player. India is here to stay is basically what this shows. But the second that I, I keep reading about what things that come to my head is how this is going to bring the international community together. Moon landings and space exploration can be the next step to creating a new unity and cooperation within the international community. The United States, China, Russia, South Korea, uh, India, Israel are among many of the nations that have explored you know, the outer rims of space and have landed on the moon. Uh, not all those countries I listed landed on the moon, specifically with people but or, or even rovers, but they would use uh, satellites to study the surface of the moon. So this new beginning of space exploration is what's going to draw NASA and other space uh, programs together to combine resources to get to the moon and do more studies in, in private cooperation. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the main studies is finding um, oxygen and water. That's, that's going to be huge. I mean, imagine if we do what the future is, what, what NASA and other space agencies can do together to use that for not only future space exploration missions, but also to make, you know, maybe a colony. Who knows? Um, India has tried um, in the past before, and also Russia has tried to get onto the South Pole. Well, Russia tried, and India tried as well with the Shandrian 2. Um, mm. But I think the rover crashed, and it was, I think it came in too fast on the South Pole. So their, their third time, third time's a charm, they ain't lie. Um, three times <laughs> is, is lucky, so... They they got it on the third try and surprisingly enough, their budget was seventy five million for that. Wow, that's not so, as much as I would have set of thought. With seventy five million, they built the the spaceship and the rover, everything they need to um, do this. I think it's a two week mission, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, um, this is as you said, it, it kind of is a national pride thing, like you said before. It it boosts India on that international stage and. The world, the world stage kind of looked at India's space program and their goals, and they were like, they are too ambitious. They're never, they're never going to do it. They don't have the things they need, but they pulled it off with $75 million, and that shows that not only are um, the Indian scientists determined, but the people of India are determined to break through and yeah, show the world that they will do it regardless of what everyone else thinks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what India... Also, it is showing is that there are technological advances coming out of where, you know, their scientists and their money, they're creating the next waves of technology. And I think that countries like the United States, China, well, China, maybe not so much because of their you know, relationship with India, but Japan and the United States, Russia, they might want to start working together with India to, to, to combine their the, the minds that they have in their space programs and, and maybe even go 
and branch out. They can start looking into, you know, new trade deals and economic deals and maybe start putting their scientists to create new agricultural technologies, computers. I mean, Apple is a great example of an American company putting their largest, one of their largest manufacturing or building one of their largest manufacturing plants in India and opening their first Apple store in India. India is showing that they are growing and, and a lot of countries are showing that they have interest in India. So now the next step is cooperating with India to hopefully create more cooperation within that region and with countries outside of the region. So there's more global cooperation and less fighting and bickering like we've been seeing in these past, you know, two, two, three years. I agree. Yeah. I think my, my question is because their goals were previously, you know, too ambitious and other people looked at India like, oh, they're not they're not going to do it. It's impossible. Would India, would the ISRO be willing to still work with um, other space agencies like NASA and I forgot the name of the European one? Uh, would they still be willing to work regardless of the pushback they received and kind of keep all the all the information they learned to themselves, or would they information share at a cost? Yeah, I, it's definitely going to be something where India is going to use its negotiating power to essentially say listen you doubted us we want to take leads on these projects now like you want to work with us but we have to lead the project everything has to be in india all the resources come from india you know we're going to be the leaders of these projects and and i think it's not just going to be space related uh projects that they choose it's going to be in agricultural projects uh, techno- technological projects going to be finance projects that they're going to want to say we want them to be in India because you guys doubted us we proved you wrong you know now you want to work with us because of it we're going to take control I think that's mm-hmm. going to be India's response I think that's a perfect response I think India should take um, the first step here and lead everything because they have the research they have the data they have it all for themselves they should still continue to information share, but they should lead on all space exploration projects. I think that's only fair because they know they have the knowledge. They're the ones that explored out there, you know. Yeah. But yeah. In the United States, ha- has done a lot of large space exploration things, uh, and they they've moved to beyond barriers of the past. I mean, we've had rovers on Mars for years. We've flown, tested rockets around our globe try and get to Mars and, and even with all of these space explorations, you know, we have not seen many countries go to the wire that the US has, but now India has pushed the limits compared to what other countries have in the past. And this is going to create a new relationship, newfound relationship between all countries who are looking for space exploration and also just cooperation within the future. Absolutely agreed. Um, I don't have much else to say on the India moon landing. Um, if you want to go straight into Russia affirming military ties with Iran. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, this this is very interesting. And not in the case that we knew that Russia and Iran were going to like not just stop being friends because <laughs> of international pressure. We knew that this wasn't going to happen. Oh, but absolutely. It's the fact that they say it on TV to basically tell not just – the international community in terms of what we look at it as diplomats and, and, and government workers, but to tell regular people that, you know, we're not changing. And, and a lot of TV, I mean, these are words that like are, are quoted 
this is by the RIA, which is a state-ran news agency. Cooperation with Iran will continue. We are two independent states. We will not succumb to international pressure, i.e., they said, the United States and its satellites. I mean, those are those are tough words that they're telling just to their population, um, not 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 diplomats. So I think this is very fascinating to see where this this will go in the future and see if public pressure and international pressure can even push them apart. Period. I personally don't think that there's not much that there's much the international community can do to prevent not only the sales to sale of drones to Russia, but just stopping their cooperation altogether. There's really no incentive for. Iran to stop because all we do is place sanctions after sanctions after sanctions, hoping that they would stop to sell, uh, hoping that they would stop selling drones to Iran. And for Russia, they need they need those drones. Uh, they are very they they have been kind of the backbone of the Russian military. They can hit targets from afar, and they are not going to stop cooperating. Because they need them. And if Iran is worried about sanctions, they really don't like care. Because Russia is just giving them money and money to produce more drones and to sell them more drones. So for Iran, they're bypassing sanctions. So they, they're, they're finding a way to make more income. That's why they're unbothered by what the media says. And the, the defense minister of Iran, Tilelnik, made a very strong claim saying that Iranian drones have attracted interest from not only uh, Russia, but Western and European. So I don't know what he means exactly by that. Are they interested in the design and how they work? Or are they looking to kind of purchase them and see what these drones are all about? Yeah. Iran is a player like Saudi Arabia, like China, like... uh, What's a good example? Nigeria, where they just are looking to sell what they have. They don't care to who. Mm-hmm. As long as they're going to make money. And now this is the other the side of the coin. Iran sees an opportunity to join the second largest economic bloc on the planet, BRICS. Mm-hmm. And if you guys read the news, which is what we always always promote South Africa, their president, whom was at the recent BRICS conference, was invited. Formally invited. Not, you know, said they were. Formally invited on national television Iran to BRICS. Along with Argentina, along with the UAE, and a few other countries. They invited them on live television. Iran sees a new awakening a new opportunity to join the second largest economic block and potentially make it even bigger so they're not going to stop there's not going to they're not going to and no matter what if they get into bricks and they get everything all if they get all the benefits of bricks why why should they care about what the west does to them sanctions wise they don't it's not they're not going to be affected anymore and this is this is perfect for Russia because they need people more. They need more people in BRICS to further support their more economic side. And Iran can be perfect for military protection, more of the defense side of BRICS, not only for economic cooperation. So this is kind of a a win win for for Iran. So and I'm sure they're highly interested in being a part of BRICS to get through the sanctions. Yeah, 
But this is where the West goes wrong. This is where the West, their strategy doesn't work. Morality, unfortunately, gets in the way. And not that morality is wrong. Morality is, is important. It's an important part of Western values. But it's getting in the way. It's pushing people away, like countries away, like Iran, because we're so – we're trying to sit on this moral high ground that we should not – be sitting on in the first place because the u.s doesn't have that moral high ground that we think we do and even though we want to and we need to to, to try and just establish a dialogue at, at the least with iran but we don't so we push them straight into russia's hands and the more that we continue to put sanctions on them and look, I'm not saying that Iran's not bad. We know what they do is wrong. We know what they're doing to their people is wrong. But without establishing a dialogue, look at what, look at the Taliban. We established a dialogue with the Taliban. The Taliban. Tell that to someone 20 years ago. They would have spat in your face. But we they wouldn't believe that at all. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not at all. We, we've done it. We've established a dialogue with their government at minimum at minimum yeah that's it because we realize we recognize that this is what we got to deal with it's t- it's no we're not going to change it this is what we got to deal with we might as well just communicate and it's that's- and it's kind of sad that the u.s is kind of just urging iran to just stop they're just urging them they're just they're on their knees saying listen chill out that's this is this is not it this is Exactly what Iran wants. They want to know that they have the upper hand on the United States and other Western allies. This, it's embarrassing. It is em- embarrassing, and we're still, and and Russia's still getting those drones. And we have, I don't, I want to say we have failed because it's too strong, but I want to say that more can be done to try to find better ways to find a solution. Yeah. And listen, if we're sanctioning these drones, let's say, let's say the United States, I'm not sure if we do this, uh, like have formal sanctions. Let's say the United States sanctions these drones, and the only way that they run through is through, let's say they run through European lanes. Why isn't Europe doing more to prevent these drones from getting to Ukraine? Because it's fairly difficult to get them to the Ukrainian ports. Russian ports, you know, is easy, but it's it's a further route for Iran to move but iran then can move through you know the mainland and get to russia why aren't we doing more to prevent these arms from crossing borders iran and russia are not they're not there they're not connecting so it's not like it's an easy path straight through there are ways we can get around moving these these drones but all we're doing is like a sanction that's it Sanction things that are totally unrelated. I mean, they might be sanctioning things that, uh, like materials needed to build drones. That's true. To Iran. But still, like you said, how are they, how is it even physically possible? Unless it's by air freight. But then again, airspace is a question, is a matter too. Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's interesting to see why, or maybe we have found exactly what flight route those drones uh, the the cargo takes to get into Russia. Maybe we figured that out. Maybe we haven't. I'm not sure exactly. But how are we yeah, not like? I'm not saying like shoot them, shoot them down. I just find out where those routes are, and then from there, 
see what you can do. It's it's kind of interesting to me where 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 is the information? Where is where is everything essentially? It seems a lack of communications between you know the the West or the United States and Europe, and and, and clearly there's not a lack of communication between Iran and Russia, where they see <coughs> how to get around everything. Excuse me, how to get around everything to make sure that these drones can get into Russian hands so they can use it to win this war. But we're over here just like sitting there, <laughs> figure like like where is it going? Like well, how can we how can we not see these paths? Find these paths? Use intelligence. Use satellites, tracking devices to, to try and and prevent this operation from moving mass drones, killing civilians. That's where that's what pisses me off the most because these drones are killing civilians, and yet we are still we're sitting there begging them oh please don't send them instead of taking action to prevent them from getting into russians hands and that's just embarrassing they're killing people we're just like stop it please stop it like that's exactly the response yeah it's ridiculous and if y'all say otherwise i mean it's uh, it's on reuters i think i've read reuters and u.s news where they said that the the united states is urging and it's the message is kind of Kind of sad. You know what blows my mind is that one day I was on Flights Radar 24, and I found in the Black Sea, um, I think it was an MQ-9 U.S. drone on Flights Radar, which I don't even know how that's public information, but yet we can't yeah. find how Iranian drones are ending up in Russian hands. And when yeah. it first happened, the whole world was shocked. When it first happened, I remember it like the media was going crazy to find out Iranian oh, yeah. drones were being used um, in Ukraine. And it's like, wow, that was... And it's like, but we can find where a U.S. drone is on public information. We can't find out how that those kind of weapons ended up in the Russian military. Listen, listen. in 2003, we were able... In 2003, with the technology of 2003, we were able... To invade Iraq and kill Osama, or not Osama bin Laden, <laughs> Saddam Hussein in six months. Six months. You're telling me in this day with the technology we have, we can't find drone shipments and crates that are heading to kill civilians? It, 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 there's the difference between those two scenarios is that when there's a will, there's a way. We had a will because we needed to, well, Saddam Hussein was a bad person, but also because of oil reasons and, and 9-11 as well, quote-unquote 9-11. But that's when we had a will. We found a way. But now it's like there's no will for the U.S. And it feels like there's no will for Europe, which there should be, and there's, they're, they're just not going to find a way. That is that is very interesting. The way you put it, there is there – is, it doesn't feel like there's a will to for the U.S. and the, uh, pretty much NATO to – Try to stop supply, but they're so focused on direct uh, directing all their like energy towards Russia, but they're not looking at things like Iran or things like where is where are all these like shipments? Where are they? Where's Russia getting? I think they're too focused on Russia themselves and stopping Russia in Ukraine from moving forward into Ukraine, which is I, I think you brought up a great point is that they're one they're looking in the wrong place and two. There is no, 
it doesn't feel like there's a will. There's a will to stop Russia, but there's not a will to stop how Russia gets their supplies. Yeah. And, and maybe people are viewing this. Uh, I'm sure analysts within this DC community we're sitting in would look at this and be like, okay, well, this is military movement. If we prevent these shipments from moving over, you know, let's let's say that they're they're flying. You know, this this could be a, a, an act of war, in a sense, and, and that is in in technical terms correct. But an act of war also is a a military operation moving over airspace, moving over land. So if Iran is moving the or moving into sea waters, you know, Mediterranean's not very big. So you're going to hit someone's territory at some point. That is an act of war. And this this war itself is an act of war on the world. So I, I want to I, I think getting rid of that that term that if we're gonna destroy them it's an act of war. Because what what is it when they destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline? Is that not an act of war? because yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. It's act of war. Yeah, no, that's I, I mean, I can't imagine, right? You'll have you have a drone shipment, like you'll see the the carcass or you'll see the wings of a drone in a cargo shipment. I you don't think for a second, like where, where's so where's this big drone going? Why is it in my port? <laughs> like, why is it? Why are these parts in my port? I mean, it's like also like how is it possible? Who knows what their shipment method is? We're saying, what we're saying is like completely hypothetical. Maybe there's still air shipments, but even then, it's like, what is this Iranian drone that is on my? What is this Iranian aircraft on my radar going towards Russia? Or why is this container from Iran in my port? It's like you would have to like at least ask a question. You know what I mean? Think about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Use your brain. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's all for this latest global development episode. Yeah, if you have so. anything else to add? No, I mean, these are two uh, uh, world-changing events. I mean, the Indian moon landing, I think, is the most significant to the future of what we're going to see in geopolitics, which is, you know, it's funny because it seems so insignificant to uh, what politics are, but it really is. Politics affects everything. Everything you see is political, you know, some from somewhere. So, absolutely, you know, don't underestimate what this moon landing is. Oh, absolutely! I think this is huge, and I wish yeah. it was more talked about. But really, I am. I I really believe that this is the next step for space exploration, and yeah. I'm glad we've gotten to that point. Absolutely, definitely. Cool. So thank you all for listening into this week's latest global developments. Uh, thank you for sticking with us, even though we've been a little bit in the rough patch, but now we're back and we're strong and we have every all the resources we need to give you guys the best quality content. So thank you for bearing with us. Awesome. Yes. Enjoy, everybody.